welcome to This Week in Brattleboro History, produced by the Brattleboro Historical Society and the Brattleboro Area Middle School. In 1952, the United States was facing an epidemic. Over 3,100 people died from the polio virus and another 21,000 people were left paralyzed by the disease. Polio was an illness that mostly impacted young people but could also spread to people in their 20s and 30s. Polio virus had existed in the human population since the beginning of recorded time, but as society became more industrialized, there were more outbreaks of the illness. In 1894, one of the earliest major outbreaks of polio in the United States occurred in Rutland County. Over the course of a summer, 18 young people died and over 130 were permanently paralyzed. In the 1920s, future President of the United States Franklin Roosevelt came down with polio symptoms and lost the ability to walk. In the late 1930s, President Roosevelt founded an organization known as the National Foundation for Infantile Paralysis. To combat the illness, the phrase, March of Dimes, was coined to raise money for research and to help pay for the medical care of polio victims. Famous entertainers like Bing Crosby, Kate Smith, Jack Benny, and Eddie Cantor went on the radio to support the organization, and within a month, 2,680,000 dimes have been mailed to the White House to fund the program. The National Foundation for Infantile Paralysis quickly became known as the March of Dimes. The polio virus attacked a younger person's central nervous system and could cause physical deformities and paralysis. Parents were afraid for the health of their children but they did not know how to fight the invisible virus. In the 1940s and 50s, people were urged to avoid crowded areas like movie theaters and swimming pools. One scientist who was funded by the money raised by March of the Dimes was Jonas Salk. In 1952, he began testing possible polio vaccine. He completed a brief vaccine trial and met with success. March of Dimes organization sponsored all kinds of fundraisers to help finance the expenses associated with polio research and health care costs. Locally, in January 1954, Phillips G. Terhune was the WTSA radio station manager and also served as the Wyndham County March of Dimes campaign director. The radio station held a March of Dimes auction and raised hundreds of dollars by auctioning items over the radio. During the same month, an event called Mother's March Against Polio raised hundreds more. Here's how a reformer editorial announced the fundraiser. These women have seen children, their own sometimes, playing with their friends one day and lying desperately ill the next, perhaps crippled for life. They have seen their husbands, their sisters, their friends, rich and poor, weak and strong, fall before the onslaught of this disease. And their bound is going to stop, but they can't do the job alone. They need your help, and the best way you can give it is to leave your porch light turned on Thursday night at 7 o'clock as a means of telling these mothers you want to give your dollars to the March of Dimes. On a cold Thursday night in January, Brattleboro mothers traveled door-to-door and raised $800. A letter addressed to the Wyndham County chapter of the March of Dimes from Westminster's 14-year-old Irene Thompson underscored the value of this local fundraising. I want to say thank you to you and the Foundation for the help you are giving me in my fight against polio. My parents have told me how you have already paid nearly $1,200 for these three months. It is such a lot. Thank you again for helping me and my parents and all the other Wyndham County polio patients. Irene Thompson was a polio patient at Mary Hitchcock Memorial Hospital in Lebanon, New Hampshire. Polio season in Vermont started early in the summer and cases would increase until they peaked in September. Every year as winter ended, families would worry about the upcoming polio season. Local fundraising occurred year-round. By 1953, Dr. Salk had run a larger vaccine trial and met with continued success. 
5,000 children had been vaccinated and none had suffered serious side effects. It was time to try a nationwide study. In April 1954, health officials across the nation began field tests of the Salk vaccine. The reformer announced that half a million young people would take trial shots of the vaccine. The vaccine was controversial. Live polio virus was killed and then injected into people to cause their immune systems to create antibodies that would reject the virus. It worked, but people were worried about injecting a dead virus into their children. The worry became justified. A California-based laboratory made batches of the vaccine that did not completely kill the virus. 200 young people in the West came down with varying degrees of polio-created paralysis and 10 others died. Radio personality Walter Winchell went on national broadcast radio and warned that the vaccine may be a killer. The error in the vaccine lab was fixed. The nationwide testing continued, but there was concern about whether the polio vaccine was truly safe. In Vermont, the first vaccine trial took place in Chittenden County. In May of 1954, Milton's second grade class, who had permission from their parents, were given the shot. Meanwhile, the first polio-related death of the year was recorded nearby in Keene, New Hampshire. A 27-year-old father of two died of complications from the illness. Polio continued to strike those without the vaccine, but people were not sure how safe the vaccine was either. In September, the need for a safe vaccine was once again brought home. 23-month-year-old Mary Campbell died in Brattleboro Memorial Hospital from polio. The nationwide vaccine study results would not be known until spring of 1955. But in November 1954, the March of Dimes announced that they would pay for the creation of 9 million doses of the polio vaccine. The March of Dimes was betting that, that the National Institute of Health would review the vaccine study results and officially license the vaccine for public use early in the next year. In April 1955, this vaccine was deemed safe by the national government. The study showed that the vaccine was up to 90% effective at combating the polio virus and had no serious side effects. In May 1955, about 1,200 first and second graders in Brattleboro and surrounding communities were vaccinated. Free clinics were held at the hospitals and the local schools. By December, about 15,000 Vermont children had been vaccinated and only one had contracted polio. In 1955, 19 Vermont children who had not been vaccinated came down with polio. In December 1955, the Brattleboro School Board urged that the formation of early polio clinics for the new year. Positive results from the first round of vaccinations caused the Vermont government to fund free vaccinations for all young people from birth to 15 years old as well as pregnant women. At the end of the year, the polio vaccinations from the Vermont government estimated that one-third of eligible people had been inoculated. By the end of the second year, the vaccination rate had increased to two-thirds of eligible young people and expected moms. It took a while for some people to trust the vaccine. Meanwhile, during those two years between 1955 and 1957, the nationwide polio infection numbers decreased more than tenfold, from 58,000 polio cases in 1955 to 5,600 in 1957. The vaccine proved effective. We'd like to thank Meredith, Nina, Allie, Ethan, Ida, and Caden from the remote team for reading This Week in Brattleboro History. Please join us next week for another story from our community's past.